Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 20 from the World English Bible. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and dying. Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Yahweh says, Set your house in order, for you will die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to Yahweh, saying, Remember now, Yahweh, I beg you, how I have walked before you in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out into the middle part of the city, Yahweh's word came to him, saying, Turn back and tell Hezekiah, the prince of my people, Yahweh, the God of David your father, says, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, behold, I will heal you. On the third day you will go up to Yahweh's house. I will add to your days fifteen years. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Isaiah said, Take a cake of figs. They took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What will be the sign that Yahweh will heal me, and that I will go up to Yahweh's house the third day? Isaiah said, This will be the sign to you from Yahweh, that Yahweh will do the thing that he has spoken. Should the shadow go forward ten steps, or go back ten steps? Hezekiah answered, It is a light thing for the shadow to go forward ten steps. No, but let the shadow return backward ten steps. Isaiah the prophet cried to Yahweh, and he brought the shadow ten steps backward, by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. At that time, Baradak Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. Hezekiah listened to them and showed them all the storehouse of his precious things, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah didn't show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? From where did they come to you? Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country, even from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear Yahweh's word. Behold, the days come that all that is in your house and that which your fathers have laid up in store to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says Yahweh. They will take away some of your sons who will issue from you, whom you will father, and they will be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, Yahweh's word which you have spoken is good. He said, moreover, Isn't it so, if peace and truth will be in my days? 
Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought water into the city, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his place. That's the end of chapter 20. Setting this part of Hezekiah's account on the timeline led me to more thoroughly study the timelines of chapters 18 and 19. I didn't have a a good grasp on the differences between the events that begin in in chapter 18, verse 13, versus the event that starts in chapter 18, verses 17, through chapter 19, verse 36. I will mention at the outset that 2 Chronicles 32.24 tells of Hezekiah's illness and gives more perspective on his interaction with Baradak Baladan. But it is here in 2 Kings 20, verse 6, that we get the key fact. At this point, Yahweh adds 15 years to Hezekiah's life. And since Hezekiah only reigned 29 years, that this that we're reading about in chapter 20 here was also occurring in his 14th year. Or, as Dr. Jones helps us to align biblical dates with our current dating system, in the year 713 BC. Thus, Hezekiah began his first full year of reign, remember that the ascension years have a distinction, in 726 BC. It was 723 BC when Shalmaneser started the siege of Mesopotamia of Samaria, 721 BC when Samaria fell, and 713 BC when Sennacherib first comes against Hezekiah, and Hezekiah concedes to pay tribute. And that's what happens in chapter 18, verse 13. The events that begin in chapter 18, verse 17, most likely occur in 709 BC, in Hezekiah's 18th year of reign, when Hezekiah rebels, and we have the incident with the angel and then Sennacherib returning with shame of face to his own land, as it is put in Second Chronicles 32, 21. Also in verse 21, it says that it was two of Sennacherib's own sons who murdered him. Then in verse 24, it says that in those days, Hezekiah was terminally ill. So this is also putting his illness in the year of 713 BC. Dr. Jones comes up with the year 709 BC for when Hezekiah rebelled because of the year of Jubilee and how that can be calculated. He has a really great chart on page 167 of the chronology of the Old Testament, and then several pages surrounding that that explain all of his resources and how he comes to these conclusions. Getting back to 2 Kings 20, It is a curious thing that Isaiah was sent to tell Hezekiah that he, Hezekiah, would die, but then God heard his prayer. This is reminiscent of Moses praying in Exodus 32, verses 10 through 13, that God would not destroy the people of Israel due to their idolatry when he was up getting the first Ten Commandments. Now, we know that God knows the beginning from the end, and as like he describes himself several times in Revelation, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 8 and 11, and then in chapter 21, verse 6, and in chapter 22, 13. But God listens to prayer, obviously knowing that his declarations are inspiring these men to seek him, for he knows they would, and knowing he would honor their requests. This should inspire us to pray, even when things seem inevitable. 
God chooses to interact with us. He knows what is on both sides of the interaction, but the interaction is real. On a side note, whenever I, whenever I have read this account, I have thought how strange to know exactly how long your life would be. Hezekiah wasn't just healed, he was given supernatural revelation that now he has 15 years to get things in order. Obviously, most of us are going to see the method of putting the cake of figs on the boil as odd, but then remember how many varieties of ways Jesus used to perform miracles. I've also thought it was odd that Hezekiah asked for a sign that he would be healed. Wouldn't being healed be sign enough? But apparently Yahweh thought that it was a reasonable request and that Hezekiah had the right attitude, and it's kind of a fun miracle, and it's a comfort. In both 2 Kings 21.1 and 2 Chronicles 33.1, we learn that Manasseh, Hezekiah's son, was only 12 years old when he began to reign. This means that Manasseh was born after Hezekiah was healed. It also implies that there was no other son to reign. This may be some of Hezekiah's distress when he was told he would die. Then we have the visit of Baradoc, which would have been a perfect time for Hezekiah to highlight his dependence on Yahweh, to tell the Babylonian about being healed. But instead, Hezekiah honors himself, showing off his greatness. And 2 Chronicles 32.25 makes it clear that Hezekiah's attitude was wrong here. It also says there in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 that Hezekiah humbled himself, which postponed the judgment of Yahweh, which is good, but still the way that in 2 Kings chapter 20 verse 19 describes Hezekiah's reaction is disappointing. I think he should have wept and prayed for his descendants like he wept and prayed for himself. Then verse 20 briefly mentions the conduit, about which there are some more details in 2 Chronicles 32, verses 1 through 4, and apparently this conduit can still be seen today. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 